Hi, Kelly Cunningham Sipos here with my podcast, My Child Left Home for Heaven. This podcast is devoted to discussions on how to find joy through the darkest days a parent could face, the loss of their child. Join me as we dive into conversations on grief that many would avoid, but that myself as a grieving mother feel we need to discuss and share together to be able to heal and find joy again in this life. Hello and welcome to another podcast of My Child Left Home for Heaven. This is Kelly and uh, again, having to apologize that it's been quite a while. And I hope that everyone understands. I greatly appreciate the emails that have been sent asking, where's another you know, episode? And we enjoy your, your podcast. Can you please post more? I promise this time I'm going to try to get faithful and get two podcasts out a month. I have run a nonprofit equine therapy business for 19 years and just in the last month closed the doors on it, which is sad, but it's freed me up to do, I feel what God has really called me to do at this point in my life. And that's um, being such an advocate for the drug overdose awareness, fentanyl poisoning, and um, helping you know moms with memorials with that, as well as this podcast getting a support group for this podcast started back up again and then working on having a bereavement conference here in Florida, hopefully in the next year to two maximum. So that's kind of what's been going on. But some more exciting news is I have just started the paperwork to register my child left home for heaven as a nonprofit 501c3. So that allows me to um, ask for donations and raise funds to be able to hold these memorials, conferences, vigils. And then I would love to be able, as I have said in the past, to be able to offer um, funeral expenses for families who are financially in need. Thanks to families fighting fentanyl back in August when my daughter's boyfriend, Jesse, overdosed and died. And this was my daughter, Emily, that passed away. Her boyfriend, Jesse. His mom overdosed and died on April 15th. And um, Jesse, we have a feeling, you know, kind of committed suicide by overdose. He passed on uh, August 1st. There really isn't any family left other than one aunt. And um, we had to raise the money to have him cremated. We did not want him going to a, you know, public cremation and going into a potter's field. So, uh, I had posted a GoFundMe on my Facebook and a wonderful organization, again, Families Fighting Fentanyl, reached out to me and they had the funds at that time. And I believe it was $850 that they paid for Jesse's cremation. It's sad. Um, Jesse sits in my living room in a wooden crematory box, beautiful box that I bought for him next to a picture of Emily. And uh, just still trying to find someone in the family that would... uh, like to take his remains. So anyway, that's what's been keeping me quite busy these days. But again, no excuse. And I haven't forgot about all of you out there and greatly appreciate your support. But what I would like to um, also to tell you at this point is, you know, I'm having a logo designed. And with that, I really felt like I needed to have a scripture verse. I had done that with Saddle Up Riding Club and had a scripture verse put under it. 
And this is the scripture that I chose for my child left home for heaven and kind of the discussion of our podcast today. So I chose Jeremiah 31, 13. I will turn their mourning into joy. I will comfort them and give them gladness for sorrow. And that's what we're going to kind of talk on today is finding gladness and sorrow and talking about that the two can actually exist together. But what I want to start with with it, I'm on so many Facebook pages and involved in so many different um, bereavement groups. And I, I do that as I like to kind of hear what everyone's asking, saying, needing, etc. And through it, I've kind of sat and realized there are three different types of grieving moms. And I am not saying anyone is any different than the other or better or worse or whatever. It's just what I have seen and what my hope and prayer is for all of you. So um, first of all, there's those who grieve alone. They sit you know, alone in their house or go to work and maybe don't talk and come home and do nothing. They're definitely in, you know, a depressed state. They, um, they dwell on that child loss and they just aren't willing to really move forward. And I sometimes worry that people think if they show that they're happy, that then they're not grieving any longer. And that's not true. We're going to discuss that a little bit more here. Um, that's very normal in the beginning, you know, to, to suffer from that depression, that wanting to be alone, not wanting to talk to anybody, not wanting to reach out. Um, you know, I've shared, you know, where I struggled with that in the beginning with Emily, and, and I still do. I mean, I have weeks that I go by that uh, I just can't shake the funk out of my head and losing my mother and dragging up, you know, that grief feeling again, brought that back. I shared, you know, with Emily and, uh, I kind of had that that uh, doom and gloom feeling again. And yet I know that was the last thing my mother wanted. You know, she had discussed that with me so many times and worried so much about me and having healthy grief, you know, with losing my daughter. So that's very, very normal in the beginning. So, you know, if you're in that stage, you know, do not be alarmed. Just please, if you need help, reach out to someone. Um, suicidal thoughts are very normal in the beginning stages of you know, grief, child loss, grief. So, uh, you know, it's okay if you're thinking about it, uh, still talk to someone, please. And I'm going to talk a little bit about antidepressants at the end here as well. So that's normal in the beginning. Then there's those who maybe have lost their child three, four, five, 10, 20 years ago, and still dwell on that child loss and that grief. And again, we don't move on. You know, we don't move on and, and we're always going to miss that child and, and a part of us will grieve that child and it will always be there. But they're still publicly, you know, posting about it continually. And um, and I know that they're not asking for people to feel sorry for them, but that just is their existence at the time. Um, when it really when I really worry about it is when I know that they have other children and that the other children, I think, are pushed aside and feel like their lives don't matter because mom or dad dwells so much on that child that they've lost. And I have had to watch this with my children. Um, you know, uh, Molly, my youngest, she just moved out of the house, by the way, and, and lived moves two hours away. And I will say it has helped. When she comes home on the weekends now, she actually talks to me. So that's been a good thing, and I knew that would happen. Um, my other two, Olivia is my second daughter. And of course she was 15 months, you know, away in age from Emily. 
And then Maddie, who was my one that also struggled with addictions and ended up, you know, in prison, in jail and then prison while Emily, you know, passed away. And the two of them kind of differ. Olivia never tells me, and she's probably listening. She, bless her heart, listens to every episode and she may call me after this going, Mom, I didn't think that. But uh, I know I have to watch it. I can tell sometimes that... Uh, Maybe it bothers her that I talk a lot about Emily and I try so hard not to. But when I'm with my girls, when I'm with, oh, I'm getting emotional here. When I'm with Olivia and Maddie, they shared that bond with their sister. And, you know, they were, they were such close, close siblings that I just feel like it brings her more to life when I discuss them with her, um, her with them. Um, Maddie, I've I actually talked about it because I've been around her a lot lately with uh, planning her wedding. And uh, it's uh, she's getting married in a couple weeks here. So uh, it's uh, right now the middle of October, October 19th, as, actually, as I'm recording this. She gets married November 5th. So I'm spending quite a bit of time with her right now, you know, preparing and and then did a garage sale, um, selling all my mom's things to raise money for the hurricane victims uh, down in Fort Myers from Ian. So we spent a lot of time together and uh, I asked her if it bothered her and she said, no, it, it didn't. But I know at times it, it has to bother them that at every occasion or at anything, you know, that I always have to bring Emily into the discussion. Um, so just remember this. It's, it really is hard on our siblings. And actually next month is National Sibling Bereavement Month. They have a month for everything anymore, but I think this is wonderful. So I am going to try to get a couple siblings on here and do a few podcasts for the month of November, um, getting feedback from them and uh, hoping that they can help us as moms to support them and help them through their grief. So that's the, the second one. You know, these moms just never seem to move on and never seem to be able to post on Facebook without it being about their child or carry a conversation without it being about their child. Um, and again, I'm not saying that's wrong. It just worries me for their other children and for their mental health state. The third is the one that, um, you know, I, I really have been in all the situations here, but the third is the one that I really try to portray the most in this podcast. And that is that, um, you know, those of us that take our grief and try to find a purpose with it and to make a difference in this world with it. So myself, you know, I found, um, well, first it was actually joining narcotics overdose prevention and education and speaking in the public school system, telling my daughter's story. And I realized how much that helped me mentally doing that. Then it came to creating this podcast. And now I am involved in more organizations than I can, um, I can probably even think about at the time right now. I know I'm the Florida coordinator for the uh, Moms Against Drugs, and I just accepted a position uh, working with the DEA on awareness and being the liaison for families here in the state of Florida and helping with a, a statewide memorial for children lost to drug overdose. To some of you, it may seem like a lot, and to most people, it probably would be. Uh, unfortunately, I thrive in chaos and multitasking. And now that I'm no longer doing my equine therapy and teaching out there and working with those kids, this has given me a lot of time to really be able to focus on on this. And this is definitely my passion. But I do this because it helps me. 
and it helps me talking to other moms. It helps me being around other moms that are like me. So you lost your child to a drunk driver. Get involved in Mothers Against Drunk Drivers. You lost your child to cancer. Get involved with the Cancer Association, doing awareness and raising donations. Um, you lost your child to diabetes. Um, start working into a fundraiser for the Diabetes Association or get involved there. Just find something that will honor your child and, and get involved with that. And it may be once a year you do something, but I just really encourage everyone to do something. It truly, truly helps. When you're helping others, it just, it, it blesses you and it just, it really helps you. And it helps to make a difference in this world that is just beyond chaotic and a mess right now. I mean, there's no doubt, child loss sucks. There's no other word for it. I love the t-shirts and, and sweatshirts that say grief sucks because that's about the only way for it. I mean, there's, unless you've gone through this or walking this journey, people do not have an understanding. And, and I try to be very sympathetic to my friends that have not lost children because they don't understand me anymore and they don't understand us as, you know, as a group. Um, but I guess what you need to think is if your child was sitting in front of you right now and they could say one thing to you, do you think they would say mom or dad, if there's some dads listening, I want you to be sad the rest of your life that I'm no longer with you. I want you to think about me every single day and I want you not to be happy and I don't want you to move on. Heavens to Betsy, no, we know they wouldn't say that. I know my Emily would not say that. She would probably crack me in the side of the head one and be like, mom, come on, get over it. You know, there's more to life than just me. I'm in heaven. I'm okay. I'm good. I know she would uh, probably use a few choice words in there with it, knowing, uh, knowing my Emily. So try to think what your child would want you to do. Would they want you to get involved in an organization helping others who passed for similar situations like, like they have? Um, so I just, I encourage everyone to just over the next 24 hours, sit and think about that. Think, you know, what you think your child would, would want you to do. Um, next, I want you to find a support group. Um, I know being around other moms who have lost their child to substance abuse disorder or fentanyl poisoning or fentanyl murdering. I mean, there's so many different tags for that today that my head spins helps me quite a bit. Um, there's a wonderful group called compassionate friends. And I wish they'd let me post on their site and they won't, but I, I still recommend it to so many. May we all heal, which I've talked about so many times on here, the Facebook group, but compassionate friends. And I'm going to hopefully interview one of the women from that coming up here soon. They do a, a global candlelight vigil and it'll be December 11th this year. So in each time zone you're in at seven o'clock candles are lit. So it, creates a wave all the way around the globe in honor of all children lost too soon. So um, that's a great time, you know, Christmas time. I know the one that I went to a few years ago before COVID had a Christmas tree and we lit the candle and then put an ornament with our child's name on it and a message to them on the Christmas tree. It was beautiful, very, very touching. So um, Google compassionate friends and try to find a group near you. They do a lot of support groups. I joke, I had a support group Facebook page I started for the Zoom support group I was doing last year. 
and it has like 25,000 or 2,500, I'm sorry, 2,500 likes on it. And I only intended it for the few women of us that were in the Facebook group to post pictures or in the Zoom group and it's taken off. And I'm going to uh, hopefully get a support group started again through that. So that one is My Child Left Home for Heaven Support, I believe it is. Um, I know some people are posting their child's picture on there when it needs to go on the original Facebook page. But anyway, um, so find, you know, find a support group, even if it's just a couple women that, you know, have lost their child and that, uh, you know, you want to get back to, you want to get back together again. So just a few little things that I ran across some sayings that I just really loved. And this one was really great. It says in the beginning, all we feel is pain. Our hearts have been broken, but quietly the realization comes first with a smile and then with a laugh that within our broken hearts, sorrow and joy can coexist. And that's the truth. I, um, I, I, I can find myself laughing and smiling some days more than I, I have, I think in a long time. And I don't think that that's doing a disservice to Emily whatsoever that I can laugh and smile and be happy. I think, um, not having my granddaughter drag, you know, drags me down more than, than, uh, some days than, than not having Emily around. And then another one that I found that was really great and it's called grief and happiness. And I find a lot of these uh, quotes on, on Pinterest. It says, initially I felt like grief and happiness were two separate experiences. It didn't seem possible to feel both at once. I only felt grief. Then one day I was grieving and felt moments of happiness. I was filled with instant guilt. How could I feel happy and grieve? they still feel separate. But now I've learned it's possible to feel both grief and happiness at once. It's not the same as before, but I cope with my grief and I allow myself to feel joy. And if you listen to that last sentence, I allow myself. So we have to allow ourselves to feel joy back again in our lives. I went to a, um, retreat back in June. And I spoke a little bit about it on the last podcast. Uh, it was through an organization called Not In Vain. And uh, PJ, if you're listening, awesome job lady. She runs a phenomenal group there. And uh, they, I interviewed them once on here and they are the ones that do the 24 hour watch on their Facebook page for suicide, for um, suicide alarms for mothers. But the retreat was phenomenal. It was, uh, I believe 80 some of us and it was so nice. I didn't know anybody when I first went there. Well, no, I knew PJ and I knew Darcy Patterson. And uh, so I, you know, kind of, you know, wanted to gravitate towards them. But of course, they were busy. So I had to sit with completely at a table of strange women. And I did and made some of the greatest friends and, uh, you know, realized that these women were wild and crazy, just like I was. And that helped. But it was the, the next day when I went up, it was at the Trade Winds in St. Petersburg on the beach. Beautiful, beautiful place. And I didn't have to stay in the hotel. I could just drive down there from my house. And I went down there and these ladies were in the swimming pool and the games they were playing and how hysterical they were just was so refreshing to be with this many mothers who had lost their children. And yet they could still have a wonderful time. And I think the resort itself probably was wondering, my goodness, are you sure these are grieving mothers? Look at the way they're acting. 
but we found joy in those moments. And there was moments that were sad at there also. I, I spoke about that a little bit. It was hard for me. Um, anytime I hear the song Scars in Heaven, and I've used it too at a, at a memorial walk that I did, that's a very difficult song. And that played with all of our children's pictures brought up. And uh, it, it really got me down that night. And I, I kind of left there, I don't want to say angry, but just kind of sad that I was sad again when I wanted to be upbeat. And then I never made it back the next day because I started feeling very ill. And lo and behold, the day after that came down with COVID. And I think 40 or 50 of us that were all at that retreat within a month all came down with COVID or within weeks. So I really would like to put on a retreat like this eventually, um, you know, for all grieving moms. I know Lisa name that has been on uh, my podcast a couple times. She did a retreat last weekend, I believe it was, and used equine therapy, which just tickled me to see that they were using horses, you know, for their therapy. Uh, I cannot wait to interview her. I'm going to bring her on again to have her talk about her weekend retreat. So find retreats that you can, you know, possibly take the time off work or you can afford to go to and be around other moms because it truly, truly helps more than I think uh, anyone ever realizes. So one more last little thing I want to read here. And then, uh, you know me, I love my music and I'm going to play a song to kind of end this. And I'm not going to speak after I play the song. It's a uh, Lauren Daigle look up child. And I think everybody knows I love Lauren Daigle, but that song was my happy song. And uh, I realized when I used to walk the dogs, you know, shortly after Emily passed away, I put my earbuds in and blast that song and sing it at the top of my lungs. I'm still surprised no one had me committed in the neighborhood, but it was a truth. I mean, I could do nothing but look up to God through my grief and my sorrow. But anyway, let me read this uh, one last one last paragraph. It says, I'm sorry it's not understood that grief and happiness can coexist. I'm sorry you felt guilt, especially that first time you smiled again and that you were angry with yourself for smiling in a world that didn't get to see. I'm sorry you were misunderstood when you laughed in public, but cried in private, that they never saw the pain you're still in, that your grief was erased in their eyes, but momentarily happiness. I'm sorry you felt hurt when people told you that they were happy to see you moving on. You don't want to move on and you didn't want people to think you ever could. And I'm sorry you still struggle with accepting that you're allowed to be happy again, that smiling and enjoying your life doesn't take away from grieving your loss. You will always grieve, even when you're happy. So I hope that leaves you on a better note. And uh, as always, I appreciate your emails. My child left home for heaven at gmail.com. I would love some feedback on topics you would like to discuss, or if you have a story that you would like to share on how you have got joy back in your life and happiness through your grief, I would love to have you on this podcast. So um, please send me emails. I appreciate them greatly. And then, um, like I said, the next podcast will be on siblings. So I want to bring a few siblings in. So if you're listening to this also, and you have a child that uh, maybe, you know, you're talking to your adult child and you tell them, you know, about this podcast and about what I'm doing. And they say, oh, I would love to be on her podcast and discuss this with her. You know, please, please uh, have them email me 
because I would I would love to to speak to them. Sorry, I kind of was trying to look up this song and uh, talk at the same time. So thank you for tuning in again, as always. I am going to get more faithful with this, I promise. I will start announcing about the support group. And I'm sorry, before I go, let me pull up that page just so I can make sure I'm giving you all the right page to go to for the support group. And hopefully we can start getting some chats going on there. So it's Facebook at support my child left home for heaven. So it's just my regular Facebook page, but put the word support in front of it. So go on there. And that's where I'm going to hopefully find some moms in different time zones to lead the different groups. Cause it was hard for me doing it till 11 o'clock at night when I had people in the state of Washington and California. So anyway, I hope that you join on that page and I look forward to the next episode and please enjoy this song. Hey